Hi, friends. This is Angie, Cecily, Bonnie, and Becca, your host of the Seasons Ministry Podcast. And we are ready to take a deep dive into the book of Jonah. As a reminder, we would ask you each week, even daily, I think Becca started doing that, just read over God's word, all the book of Jonah. It's a short book and just become real familiar with it before we take this deep dive. So I'm going to start us today in reading Jonah 1 verses 1 through 6, and we're going to focus in on what God is calling of Jonah and how Jonah responds. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. So when we start here, uh, there are so many words that jump out. We see these words great. We see evil or bad, these adjectives that we talked about in the last session that are repeated. Um, We also see the word down. Uh, So when when he makes this decision that he's going to flee uh, from the presence of the Lord, it, it... the word down is used. He goes down into the ship. He goes down to the ship. Um, and it's suggesting that it's further and further away from uh, the presence of God. So if we think about uh, Tarshish, uh, however we're supposed to say that, it is actually, for them, would have been the farthest away point. So it's like we used to say, and I'm going to show my age, um, Timbuktu, okay? (laughs) So it's the farthest west or the end of the world. So Jonah decides that he's going to flee, and then as it says, he he went down to find a ship going to Tarshish. And that is repeated over and over. It's that furthest point, that furthest point, and going away from the presence of the Lord, And then we start to see these more words uh, coming up again, the same with great. Uh, So it's this big story that Heather reminded us last session. It's the great God is what it's about. And so everything is sort of overblown in this description. Something that jumped out at me is, I, I, I wonder if this is a conscious decision on Jonah's part. I mean, did he really want to go to Tarshish? I, I don't know that he did, but he wanted to be away from the Lord. So Tarshish was far away. Um, but I, I keep thinking the consequence of making a decision to flee from the presence of the Lord. I think, wow, I think. 
What, where do you go? I mean, where do you go to flee the presence of the Lord? Because God's everywhere. But I guess if we're fleeing the presence of the Lord, we don't think about that. You know, no matter where I go, God is there. As you were um, speaking, Bonnie, I was just thinking, where's my Tarshish? You know, like when God sends me to do something that I don't want to do, where where do I run? It's interesting um, when you read this book and and you see later on Nineveh's reaction to the message from God, they react by um, making themselves uncomfortable. And I think that we have grown accustomed to making ourselves comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And uh, even um, this podcast uh, recording time is not really our comfort zone, <laughs> I would say. So we surround ourselves, or at least I have the things that make me comfortable. So Teddy Grahams are my favorite snack, and I have my little um, warm cup of tea that I like to hold. And Angie has a cup that she likes, and we've got cough drops. And, you know, sometimes we have tissues, and I don't know what all, but I turned the temperature up a couple degrees because we were a little chilly. And, you know, we, we just do so many things to make ourselves comfortable. And we see Jonah doing this. He, he's taking a posture of, I'm going to get away, not so much from the presence of God, because I think he knew that was impossible, but he was going to um, take himself so far away from the direction God wanted him to go that maybe he would get comfortable. <laughs> and we see him sleeping later in the boat. We see him there, and he's sleeping. But... Um, you know, when, when I want to run from something, I just, um, I don't know. I, I want to just spend some time thinking about that in my head. Like, where do I go? What do I do? I, I like to get under this nice blanket that I have on my bed, and I have one on my couch, too, you know, and I just let to hide there. So, anyway. It's, it's becoming familiar with that tension, and that's what we try to run from. This doesn't feel good. I'm not for sure what you're trying to teach me in this moment, God. So let me just run to something that allows me to numb out from it, Yeah, I think would be our current day. And um, just that, uh, what Bonnie was saying, so we hear the words of a psalm, Psalm 139, a psalm of David, and that psalm starts out, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. That's the tension. Um, I remember in other conversations on this particular psalm, the scary part of, Lord, you know me and you search me, he knows me better than I know myself. He knows Jonah better he, than he knows himself. And he is most concerned to dwell within all the depths of our heart. So when it's interesting when we pick up on those phrases where it says twice in those two or in those six verses, it says twice from the presence of the Lord. He's trying to physically take himself as far away from what God has asked him to do. But he has to have those words of Psalm 139 rolling around in his head. Where shall I go from your spirit? That's verse 7. Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which we'll hear that word later in Jonah, you are there. And we all need that reminder that keeps going. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, hear that familiarity? 
Even there, your hand shall lead me. Even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall come over me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for the darkness is as light to you. And in those moments, here we see, already we see our great God. Yes, Jonah may physically be running to comfort or running away from this difficult call in whatever he's seeing, but God's saying, I'm still there with you. And so we have to um, become familiar with the, the with language that we see repeated. He's saying to us, take notice of this. So right from the beginning, something that we take notice when we're saying, what is God's calling of Jonah? Where we, we talked about in the last episode where it shifts a bit. Arise, go. That's familiar to prophets. He said it to other people. But it's that next phrase, arise, go to Nineveh that great city. So Cecily, what do you think, you know, that, that tension that Jonah's feeling? We've talked a bit, a little bit about it last session, but why all of a sudden do we see a prophet who was walking out in obedience choose disobedience in this moment? Yes, that's such a good question. And um, I'm going to start with just speaking very honestly, personally, because I had this conversation last night with my husband. Um, Having gone through some difficult months and uh, a lot of difficult, I told him it was kind of funny how God had us studying the book of Jonah today. This was after I told him, I can't do this. I'm not prepared. I'm going to tell them I'm not coming. (laughs) And um, in laying there in the dark, I said, I just want to go back to someplace that's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that... um, the first thing that comes is that discomfort. Uh, yes, the presence of the Lord is there, but we seek this worldly comfort um, under the blanket, <laughs> uh, away from the hard things, when really God, his presence is what we need. He, he is where we, we need to be. And so it is a tension that is so... Um, we need to pay attention to it, but we need to not flee from it. And I just think that is just such a natural reaction. And for him, he's looking at it thinking, sending me where? Because he's going from being this hero-like person, you know, he foretells really good things for the nation, to now he's going to go to these evil people. And as you said, in the, someone said in the last session that he may have seen some of the things that um, that they had done. And so he may have a lot of inside scars. And so, yeah, I think it's just that, really, God? And who hasn't asked that question? And that's what I was thinking about. I mean, the Scripture seems to indicate that it seems like an immediate decision he made. I'm going to Tarshish. But I wonder, you know, did Jonah think about this? Did he, you know, like Moses, did he say to God, why me? You know, why are you choosing me? Why are you sending me to Tarshish? Um, And don't we ask that same thing sometimes? I mean, God may be asking us to do something even now. 
and we are wanting to flee. But are we, you know, do we take time to, why me, God? You know, I don't feel qualified for this. Uh, and, and to be going into Nineveh, of all places, you know, choose somebody else. When I was going through a season of difficulty, <clears throat> I just kept telling everyone <laughs> that when it was over, I was going to learn how to play the guitar and become a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... Part of that's come true. If part of it's come true. I did eventually. <laughs> I won't say which. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I, I can't help but think, you know, it's conjecture anyway, but I can't help but think that Jonah probably had this thing that he always thought, well, I'll just go do this. You know, like this was the thing in the back of his head. For all we know, he loved boats, you know, or he loved the adventure of some exotic place, the farthest place in the world. He had a dream to always go there. And he had been, um, as we know, living a life of a prophet um, under King Jeroboam II, uh, up until now. So there was um, definitely some sacrifice up until that point. And I think that we all have this, okay, once I reach this point, that will be enough, you know, and, and I think he probably felt himself coming to that thinking, okay, this is it for me. This is as far as I'm going to go. God's not going to ask me to go any farther or do anything else. And as long as I'm in those lines of comfort, then things are going to be okay. Um, but God, he has a way of, um, I guess, recognizing our comfort zone because God was getting ready to um, play out a story in Jonah's life that would testify of who God is. And God isn't just the one that we come to um, in our comfort, but he's the one that we lean on in our discomfort and the one that we trust through that. And so when you think about God calling Jonah and Jonah immediately leaving, whatever the reason, wherever he, whatever made him go in that direction, we know that the book could have ended there. That could have been the end of Jonah's story. But God had a reason bigger than getting a message to Nineveh. He could have called anyone else to go. He could have called someone inside of Nineveh to give that message, but he called Jonah. So Jonah takes this message to Nineveh, but what Jonah doesn't know yet is that God was bringing something to Jonah too. And I think that sometimes we think, well, you know, was Nineveh worthy of his time? And, and maybe that's what Jonah was thinking, but really God was getting a message to Jonah. And, and that's where that self-reflection piece comes back in again. You know, like, why is this happening to me? God is sovereign over all. So let me learn this lesson. I'm always, this is really hard. So God help me learn the lesson really quick and really well. So I don't have to go through this again. <laughs> and Jonah's was, I'm not ready. I'm not going to learn this lesson. I'm out. And I think that's the struggle because it's making me even think when I say I feel the presence of the Lord, have I allowed society to come in and tell me that's when my emotions are at peace, when I have that good feeling, when yes, I may be walking in obedience, but it's it just feels like everything's aligned and I am going and everything's cooperating along the way. But the present, uh, this holy God that we serve is 
merciful and he's also just and he's all of these things encompassing so much more than our minds can even imagine and so we can't rely on our feelings and so I think Jonah's doing what we all do well what wait a minute this no longer feels good this no longer feels right am I confident to step in to obedience and sometimes we say oh I don't know. So let me just let me walk away and and surely God will find somebody else back to like what Bonnie said. And and we're forgetting because we've turned it too much internal and we've forgotten to refocus back on God. Even last night that we were talking in conversation like I went to prepare 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 and then life happens and you're like what like Cecily said maybe I should just call and say no I'm out for today. But that's, that's the tension. That's what the world says, take the easy road out and do what feels good. But God is offering us an invitation to draw into who he is and experiencing something more in that tension that we can't when all things are aligned and going well. Yeah, so it's that seeking uh, comfort. We, we think that um, we're in the presence of God most when we are comfortable like you said, leaning on those emotions. And I love this so much um, because um, God, in his way, wakes up Jonah. And the last verse, when the captain goes down, he says the very same words that God said. So it's like if you were Jonah and you're, we want to escape, so we sleep. I know that's one that I love. Sleep is a good escape. And someone's waking him up. And says the same words God said, arise, call out. <laughs> so it's almost like God is saying, really? <laughs> you know, and and so I do I do believe He's calling us into a willingness to sit in the uncomfortable, a willingness to walk through the uncomfortable and to do what is hard. And the world right now is completely that is a completely counter to the world right now um and so i i also what uh, what stands out to me is how much jonah did to try to get away if you read in the commentaries the the cost of the fare likely would have been substantial i mean this was not a simple thing where we go down and maybe buy a bus ticket you know, it, it is not something like that. This would have been substantial. It was almost like he took everything that he had and said, I am throwing it all away. My feelings last night, right? Just forget it. I can't do this. It's hard. And it's seeking that place of comfort. But God has so much more that he wants to do in us and for us and through us. But we just have to continue in faith. And, and so... It's just that choice of, as Bonnie said, was he really, really thinking through that choice? I can't think of the book of Jonah without thinking of my dad's call to ministry uh, because there is such a parallel there. Um, My dad had um, a conversion and and began working in the local church. He was... uh, he taught a young adult Sunday school class, and he was what they called lay leader, uh, leading the worship services. Um, but 
God had other plans for my dad. Uh, God was calling my dad into pastoral ministry, and my dad did not feel worthy of that calling. He did not feel prepared for that calling. Uh, he was a coal miner at the time. Uh, and, you know, I have heard my dad uh, several times talk about uh, just running from that call and trying to reason with God. You know, God, I'm, I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm a big lay leader you know, once in a while, because the pastor had like six or seven churches on a charge, and uh, dad would go perhaps fill in on a Sunday morning, and isn't that enough, God, you know, and uh, he had a family of four at the time that eventually became seven, Uh, so he just continued, as he would put it, running from God's call, uh, until one day, uh, there was a mining accident, and my dad was covered over uh, in that mining accident. So, you know, I see that was his belly of the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, time after time, I heard him say throughout his ministry, you know, I promise God, if you will just spare my life, I will do what you're asking me to do. Uh, and, you know, he, uh, he had 30 years of ministry, uh, and I, God, that's what God wanted him to do. And yet, uh, it took something like being swallowed by the earth, if you will, uh, for dad to, to answer God's call, you know, and, uh, and I, and I read in one of the commentaries, you know, the fish was not punishment for Jonah. The fish was salvation. So that mining accident was not punishment to my dad, uh, it became his salvation in terms of doing what God was asking him to do. You know, we um, are are doing so many things based on our emotions, and Jonah, um, in throughout this book, is a very emotional or emotionally driven person, and I think we all are in a lot of ways. Um, driven by our emotions. I can't think of the verse in Proverbs, but I know that um, there's a verse that says, you know, that that our heart is deceitful above all. (laughs) We stumble a little. Um, You know, and, and the world tells us to follow our heart, and it encourages us to be emotionally driven. And... Uh, I think, uh, especially after COVID, we have all gotten really comfortable with canceling things, canceling anything on our schedule. You know, we can be like, <clears throat> oh, my throat hurts. I better stay home just to be safe, you know. And and sometimes that is a good reason. But sometimes we um, are looking for a reason to leave or are looking for a reason not to show up. And I appreciate um, Cecily's vulnerability and sharing that but you know it's really true um Jonah didn't want to do it it just came down to that he didn't want to he didn't want to so much that maybe he sold everything and was just gonna you know go be a pirate I I don't know what he was gonna do (laughs) they had pirates then I just had this conversation yesterday I think they've had pirates as long as there have been boats but also, I don't know if they have to go together. Anyway, um, 
unrelated. I, I just, I just wonder, you know, Angie, as you were talking about being in the presence of God and, you know, thinking back to, um, what I shared last episode about Ephesians chapter one and chapter two, but in, in one, it says that the Holy spirit is a gift, um, a piece of our inheritance that's sealed to us, you know? So if, if we are saved then we have the presence of God with us all the time, but we have convinced ourselves sometimes that we don't, or, you know, the, the presence of God is in this place or whatever, but the presence of God is here. God is present everywhere. We, we talked, I think in the, in the last session about, um, or maybe it was just a few minutes ago, I, I don't know, about being in the presence of God and how it's impossible to escape the presence of God. But what we try to do is turn from the conviction of God and we, we shift our focus. So um, when we look at the definition of transform, which is um, to, to be changed after something, you know, in that decision moment when we can choose to be obedient to God or follow God's plan, or just die, you know, that would have been easier. We see Jonah wanting just to die a few times, um, or, or to follow after God that I think is that transformation process, you know, and, and we see this transformation happen in Jonah's heart is I have been focused on God and now I will shift my focus to myself or something else, whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Oh, so much good, good things. I'm trying to decide which direction to go. Um, one thing I want to point out is just the blessing of community because I can just sit around this table and so often remember times that I might have wanted to quit or throw in the towel, but um, women around me, we have a tendency to be able to see the call in someone else's life. Like I'm, I'm sitting here listening to Bonnie tell the story about her dad and thinking about how that factors in on her own story that she's living out currently. <laughs> and um, we hope you get glimpses of our stories as we're opening up God's word. But whoever is sitting around the table with you, that's, that's why you're doing this in community because we need, I mean, as Becca said, God is present everywhere and he's going to use everything here. He's using the very sailors who have cried out to their God, because what did God do when Jonah ran? He sent a storm. Mm -hmm. I mean, God is everywhere and he's in command and has authority over everything, including the wind and the waves and, and fish as we'll find later on. But he is allowing Jonah to go down, down and down, but all the time knowing that what he's truly seeking is only found in God, but he's not going to force that. But here you'll see it's so intentional. As Cecily said, the very sailors say, arise, call out. That's to point him back to those moments when he was listening to God. Turn back is what he's saying. He's offering, turn back to me. But right now, Jonah is continuing just to go down, down, down because he is so consumed in his own darkness that he can't see the light that's trying to pierce into those places of his heart and that's always our invitation because we remember just like Jonah's being called to go to a people who he doesn't feel is worthy God would send his son to a people who were not worthy and I think maybe that's what Jonah's wrestling with is it really true that I am undeserving but offered grace through salvation. And you got to remember, this is prior to Jesus, so they're looking forward, but wrestling with that, all of that, 
also what I feel Jonah is wrestling with is we are God's chosen people. Therefore, nothing can come against us. So I don't want to do this and I'm going to run, but I'm going to be protected because I am God's chosen people. So just, again, we're, we just continue to wrestle with that tension. Yeah, so he, he wants, you know, God's grace and mercy mm-hmm. on, on himself and his nation, right, but not on anyone else. Uh, and I do think we shouldn't miss coming to this as New Testament believers, because when Jesus uh, speaks of this in Luke 11, it's in this section where he's talking about choices. And so we want to... Um, we don't want to miss that because obedience is a choice. And um, in that section, Jesus is talking about, he's comparing those that are um, wanting to either see a sign to confirm their unbelief or a sign to confirm our faith. Mm -hmm. So it's two different perspectives there. And um, see, when I think of that, I see Jonah knew who God was. He knew God's goodness and his grace. He knew that. And so when he begins to wrestle with this, I think personally it's because he knows that God is going to offer a chance of repentance to these people. So again, this story is about our great God. We like to make it about the smaller things. We like to compartmentalize our lives and keep God in this small box. But what we see here is that this great God hurled this great wind. <laughs> you know, there's this mighty tempest. Look at these big words. Again, these, these explosive words. Um, the sailors hurl the cargo into the sea. And the whole thing comes down to who God is. And so I just, I, I, like I said, I love that God awakens him with the voice of the captain saying the same things, arise and call out. And I think the emphasis at the, uh, right be, at the end of verse 3, that uh, so he went down to go with him to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. And then the first three words in verse 4, mm-hmm. but the Lord... But the Lord, the Lord had other plans. Thank goodness for that. Cecily, will you wrap us up in prayer? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just come before you um, to acknowledge that you are indeed a great God. Father, forgive us in the times that we try to put you in a box or make you smaller than you are because it's comfortable. And Father, I just pray for every person who is listening who will hear this. And Lord, I ask that you draw them near, that you make them so aware of your presence that they can't deny it. I pray that for us, Father. We need you. And I know that we have felt your presence here as we have this conversation. And so I thank you for that. And so, Father, I just pray a blessing upon this um effort and upon your word and wherever it is heard father may it begin the process of transformation that you have in mind lord may we walk in your purpose in jesus name amen